Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email drjacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to USA Global TV and radio. I'm broadcasting live from Florida in the United States, and I have to say it's exceptionally sunny and beautiful here today, as it always is in my heart. Our show today is the United Kingdom News and Culture, and I just love doing this show. We have our expert correspondents from the United Kingdom bringing us the latest and greatest updates as we celebrate the partnership between the United States and the United Kingdom. Let's welcome our panel. Analyst. Joining us from somewhere very green, it's Diane Floyd Bain. Welcome. Hi, Dr. Jackson. <laughs> nice to have you with us, Diane. Thank you. And joining us from the United Kingdom, it's Helena Shard, who always has a smile on her pretty face. Hello. Oh, thank you so much. Lovely to see everyone. And I too have a very sunny heart today. Uh, <laughs> yes, you do. Thank you again. And the man in yellow, who always comes to us with the latest in politics and the kindness project. Let's welcome Ian Pelham Turner. Hello. Good afternoon. I'm trying to. Um... Uh, it's, does that make ah? Oh, so if I hold this up, production over there. I love it. It's, it's not an advert for Apple, but it, it might just. <laughs> yes, you what put some light on the subject. Thank you. Oh, not oh. a problem. And let's welcome our two-time award-winning recipient joining us from Scotland. It's Simon McDonald. Hello. Hello, hello, everybody. Hello. I'm Ian, I paid my electric bill, so I don't need to shine my phone to my face. <laughs> and it is 42 degrees Fahrenheit here today, or six Ooh. degrees Celsius, as we would say in our side. So um, it, it's it's starting to get chilly. There's, it's woken up to the fact that winter is about here, but the sun is shining as well. So all's well with the world. Fantastic. Well, thank you all for taking the time to be here. And I have to say, I was thinking of each and every one of you earlier today. We interviewed a pastor from a ministry in Uganda, and he was just sharing about education, bringing education to the children there. And they don't have running water. And, you know, a lot of the things that we talk about, the purpose that we do this program, this platform is to provide education, inspiration and hope. And sometimes we have a few laughs with some entertainment, but we're all on the same page for kindness and letting people know that they're not alone. And just wherever you are in the world, we're all the same going through the same things, but in different ways. So thank you again for taking your time and for being here with us today. So let's just go around quickly. I love doing this impromptu and just share something that's been going on in your world in the last week or so. Diane Floyd Bain from The Green Room. Yes, it is important. <laughs> so in our world, um, everyone's getting ready for Thanksgiving. And um, 
in, in our particular family, we um, have to, um, when we all get together, it'll be about 40 of us, and we all share something that was very special about a family member that might be in heaven so that they're with us too. Beautiful. Thank you Thanks for sharing that. Let's go over to Helena. So I've been doing lots of different things. I've been doing lots of research and sharing lots of um, royal news with various broadcasters. But actually in my personal sort of side of things, um, I suppose the most recent thing I did, which is very appropriate because we've had World Kindness Day, I think the other day, um, I helped a friend travel to see family abroad. And I... It's, it's made me think about acts of kindness even more and the kindness of strangers as well um, because I just had the most wonderful uh, experience with British Airways, just a person from British Airways, um, a real kind person, but maybe we can chat about that later. But yeah, so that's what I've been up to. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Appreciate it. And Simon, how about you? Oh, busy, busy week as ever, and so I'm keeping our fisheries on an even keel and trying to keep our fleet afloat. Try saying that if you've had a drink or two. It's not easy, believe me. But uh, yes, surprise, surprise, through the post today, or yesterday it was, in fact, now after one day runs the next, I received my oops, award. Uh, difficult because the light's shining. Um, but it's uh, the 2022 Chairperson Award for Best Fishing Management Forum Chairman and, and in brackets, Scotland, because this is a, it's an international award, this one. Uh, I'm the only recipient from Scotland this year for, for anything. So I'm really quite, quite honoured and, and very, very pleased with it because in actual fact, I won the same award last year as well. They say lightning never strikes twice. Well, it's done it here. <laughs> so I don't know, shall I go for the hat trick next year? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who who nominated me either, but uh, you know, the, or the, the person or the persons that uh, that nominated me. But I mean, I'm absolutely uh, overwhelmed with it. It's it, it's amazing. I feel very humbled by it as well, because you know, it's basically because I'm doing my job, uh, and hopefully, I'm doing my job that's going to benefit our fishing fleet and uh, and and keep them all at sea, and you know, and keep keep the wheels of industry turning. Well, congratulations. Beautiful, thank you. And the man who is shining his own light today using his Apple phone, <laughs> Mr. Ian Pelmer, tell us about you. <laughs> what can I say about me today? You know that um, uh, I yesterday um, uh, we started the second uh, of our new shows. I say we, uh, Helena. Unfortunately, yesterday. Um, was full of cold, but um, we we um, we soldiered on uh, to do this show, and I think it's very important at the moment. Um, uh, and Helena agrees, and you know when we started this show last week, is to really support Albanians in Britain at the same time because we think that um, the the you know their whole image is being denigrated by really bad press right now that is not necessary. So yesterday again was another attempt. Um, by Boucher and myself, uh, uh, an Albanian lady presenter, to actually uh, create a, a show that um, uh, shows values to all communities, really. 
at the same time. So that was good. And um, I'm back with uh, you, I think, later on today again as well. So it, it's, 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 it's a busy week. But you know what? I feel blessed. I feel blessed to be able to do all this. And, and uh, I was talking to someone this morning and, and this lady was just a little bit concerned about all the things that were going wrong in her life. And then I, I said, well, look, you know, uh, you've got a roof over your head. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you can feed yourself. Yes, yes, yes. What is more to need in life, you know, other than friendship? So um, it, I, I feel in a very positive frame of mind at the moment. Oh, that's beautiful. Brilliant. Thank you. I love it. Just to say as well that, that our show is called The Voice of Great Britain. Uh, I think Ian just didn't mention the name. Voice of Britain. Where can people find it and watch it? Well, well hopefully soon. <laughs> we, we may be talking to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know where to find me. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I'll share just two two pieces of news for me. So on a personal level, I had received some health news and this treatment plan. And it turns out that when the test results came back, it didn't actually match with what the expert said was going on. So I am in a very good place. And I am very thankful that uh, the sun is shining on me. So I want to be grateful about that. And the second thing is that I had a lovely conversation with a dear friend and have some great ideas about how do we expand our presence in 2023. So working diligently on that as well. So they're my updates. Thank you. Okay. Let's move into the news. What is going on over there, Helena? Uh Lots and lots of things. Well, there's lots of royal things going on. Um, I think I'm going to start with, okay, happy 74th birthday to His Majesty King Charles III. Um, so there's been lots of, it, it, in London, you always hear like the band of the household, Cameroon, playing happy birthday at 11 o'clock um, outside Buck Powell, which is always lovely. Um, and also lots of gun salutes everywhere, fired in Green Park and uh, Tower of London, I think. And then I think also the Scottish Guards um, playing Happy Birthday, but sort of a, a bit of a, a low-key uh, time for him on his real birthday. Um, and he released, or the royal family released, a, a lovely new photograph, which was captured by Chris Jackson. He's a very good photographer. Um, and it's a picture of King Charles, almost profile, sort of leaning on this huge oak tree. Um, and I think, I, to me, I absolutely love the picture because the oak tree is far bigger than him. Um, so it's almost like it's of the oak tree. And, and it sort of sums up really how our world and nature sort of can live without us. But we need them. We need the world, really, and the whole the way, the way it works. Um, so I absolutely love that picture. And he's also become, I think it's the ranger of Windsor Great Park, uh, the new ranger. So he oversees the upkeep. Um, it's a wonderful park that we can all go and visit. And it's got deer and wonderful wildlife and trees. And it's really beautiful. So that's a, a lovely position that he's given himself, I guess, that he's inherited from um, his late father. So it's been a fun time, but with all the fun, there's been lots of rocky situations as well. 
Um, everyone's been talking about how King Charles is nudging Prince Harry and Prince Andrew out, and there's lots of um, upset going on, and it's to do with the Regency Act. And the Regency Act states that there's councillors of state in place, and basically that's people to help um, the king sovereign if he's sick or if he's abroad. And it's um, his spouse, so Camilla, and then the four most senior royals in the line of succession. Um, and what he's done, he's spoken to Parliament and he said that he wants his siblings, so that's um, Anne and Edward, to also be introduced um, to help him out, which I actually think is very clever and, and I think actually a very sensible thing to do because obviously Harry and Andrew are not working royals. Um, so that's been introduced, but as such, you know what the media's like, they've grabbed hold of it and said it, you know, snubbed everyone out and various things. But I think it's it's a clever thing to do. And actually, you know, I don't think it's not it's not bad at all. And I don't think it's constitutionally that significant because um it doesn't affect the line of succession. So I personally think it's it's all good. So that's a few of the things that have been going on. And obviously we've had Oh, gosh, the Festival of Remembrance, which is something very, very special to the late, her late Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth II. I always want to say Her Majesty, but it's the late Queen Elizabeth II. Um, uh, King Charles has been laying a, a wreath at the Cenotaph at Whitehall. Um, and the whole Festival of Remembrance, Remembrance Sunday, took place, which is obviously his first special time. Um, and also the Festival of Remembrance, which took place at the Royal Albert Hall, which is something really very special. Um, and I did notice actually that all the royals had, were wearing three poppies. I'm actually not so sure why they were wearing three poppies. I don't know whether it's for the navy or the different uh, parts of the. I'm not sure. That's one thing I'm not sure about. I need to look that up. So um, lots and lots of things have been happening, um, and, and far more. But. I don't know, what does, maybe pass back to see, has anyone got anything that they would like to add about the Regency Act or happy birthday, King Charles and various things that have been going on? Maybe Ian would like to interject. Yeah. I, I think with, uh, with, with, the, with the royal family at the moment, um, they're going through all sorts of changes, as you can imagine. And I think um, um, there's a lot of uh, intrigue going on. I think uh, the Crown has caused... Um, uh, quite serious issues, and that they're not very happy about that at all, that's for certain. Um, there's been a lot of condemnation in the past few days on Prince Andrew again uh, and how he treated people, so that, that's not been going too well for Andrew. And I think, you know, that the reality is, do you know, the hardest thing for me is still to not to call him Prince Charles anymore. Uh, you know, for, for most of my career, it's been Prince Charles, and all of a sudden I've got to call him King Charles III now. And it happened yesterday, right in the middle of uh, doing something, and I, it just went as Prince Charles again. So I, 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 I still find it hard to actually make that differential. But um, he looks like he's doing well uh, at the moment. Um, uh, somebody threw some eggs at him the other day. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that I think uh, was not the greatest thing 
that we could do for our new king, quite honestly. And it was done by a student who thought this was terribly funny to do something like this. But um, I, I think, you know, the, the reality at the moment is um, we're going through a period of transition. Uh, and I think, you know, in Britain itself, um, right now, we actually need to sort of have um, harmony, uh, collaboration to come together. And I'm sure Helena and uh, Simon probably think the same. Yep. But, uh, yes, I mean, we are all saying happy birthday to uh, King Charles. I have the same problem as you, Ian. I, I can't get the Prince Charles out of my mind. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're going to slip up on that one uh, frequently, I think, uh, <laughs> the way it's going just now. But uh, he's going to be in the fortunate position very soon that he will have two birthdays in the year. Uh, just like Her Majesty the Queen had two birthdays in the year. There was her actual birthday and then the official one, which coincides with the coronation. So uh, when Charles is uh, coronated, if it's such a word, then he will have a second birthday. So, um, you yeah, know... Double the cards, double the presents, double the cake, you know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the three poppies, uh, Army, Navy, and Air Force. Uh, I believe that is the uh, correct uh, thing there. I actually wore two poppies. I had the uh, traditional red one uh, for, for remembering the, the fallen servicemen, but I also had the, the purple one which is for uh, in remembrance of the animals that uh, were killed during the during the wars and uh, in particular the horses in the first world war i mean there were hundreds of thousands of horses um, you know killed and seriously maimed and so on through the the war uh, carrying out their duty for uh, for king and country so you know we mustn't forget that uh, the animals played a very important part in the war, and they still do as well, uh, in particular with sniffing out mines and explosives and so on. So they, you know, they they're uh, definitely worthy of, of recognition. Uh, a number of people who stopped me and say, "What what what's the purple puppy all about?" So I had to explain, and uh, it, it's something which I think will catch on eventually. People will realise that they the animals played a big part. I, th I think that uh, leads on to another quite lovely story this week. You know, sometimes we're trying to find some happy stories as well. Um, and the story came up this week, which um, unfortunately, because I, I, I was trying to find the clip for you, but um, uh, and we played it on the show yesterday. And it's a story about in Leicestershire, which is in the Midlands of England. Um, and... Uh, um, uh, um, an owner was taking his dog out, Rosie, for a walk in the park. Uh, and someone exploded some fireworks in the park itself as well. And Rosie took off um, and, and just disappeared. And, of course, the, the owner was frantic uh, with what had happened to Rosie. And then uh, scene number two is that Rosie is seen coming through sliding doors uh, but by um, uh, a video camera in the ceiling, and he, he, the, she ends up in her local police station. <laughs> it's a true story. I mean, you couldn't make this up. And, you know, so so she so uh, so she finds her way into uh, the police station. She has a bit of a sniff and a bit of a look around, and then she settles herself down. It's almost as if she knew that she would be safe inside the police station. Uh, and then, obviously, the police made a fuss of her because she's such a gorgeous uh, uh, collie dog. 
Um, she was such a beautiful dog. And of course, she had the the um, the dog tag around her with with the telephone number on as well. So so the very relieved owner came and picked up Rosie the dog, and now she's made news headlines right across the world because uh, you know the the stranger than fiction of a dog sort of disappearing out of a park and finding that's that's the thing. It wasn't close to the park, this police station at all. Finding that finding the police station. You know, I mean, they say that dogs are smart, but this dog has got to be super smart. Uh, Border Collie is one of the smartest dogs around. I mean, yeah, I mean, handing itself in to the police is really something. <laughs> I love it. I love that story. Oh, thanks for sharing that with us. I have a question. We just kind of touched on a Netflix series, which we're not going to really mention or go into. But in addition to watching this show every week on Wednesdays, how can people educate themselves on the history of the United Kingdom and the history of the royal family? Any suggestions? Keep, keep, watching, keep watching this show, I think, is the, <laughs> is the answer to that one. Uh, <laughs> better than Mr. Google. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep watching. Think, Any other suggestions? I think probably Helen has got some ideas as well about because yeah. I, you know, the the, the two of us, um, uh, we do things quite regularly as well, um, and and I think you've been doing quite a bit recently, haven't you, on the Royals, Helena? Yeah, I've been doing quite a lot, yeah, research as well as broadcast. Just that people always want people always want opinions as well, like talking heads, people to go in and sort of confirm if certain things are correct or, or not correct. And, and it is really hard, Dr. Jacqueline, sometimes to sort of decipher what's true and not true. Um, because especially now as well, it's something that I didn't realise. I mean, there's huge organisations that pump out masses and masses of this spam stuff on social media, uh, which is really basically to bring companies down or bring, I don't know, even countries down. So within these organisations, it's what's it called trolling, isn't it? And and these it's really big business. I mean, it's quite. I'm mean, probably not explaining it correctly, but people can just basically put out whatever they want to. So it's um, it's it's a hard one. But you know, we've got and obviously we put out news. I do a huge amount of research. And I'm always like crossing off against lots of things if if our sources are not there to, to give us correct information. Um, on the whole, BBC is, is, is pretty accurate. And, and obviously there is the Royal Family website. So there are, there are various um, sources. But, you know, I always think do not take things as is. You know, if you're not sure about things, always research or ask someone else. I mean, again, going back to, to the crowd and, and, you know, it's obviously a lot of it total fiction. Fiction and, and the crown and all the actors in the crown say, hey, the whole world knows it's fiction. Well, you know, the whole world doesn't know it's fiction. And it's called a big rumpus within the royal family. And also it's perception. And perception is very, very important. So all this thing about them not putting a disclaimer is really wrong. Um, they really have to. And it brings me back to whoever it was that said absolute, you know, Cogswallet and complete nonsense on stilts. Um, and I stand by that. Thank you, Helena. 
I agree okay. about um, okay. nonsense on stilts. I've been sharing that phrase over. I love it. It is. Uh, you, people might say, "Oh, the whole world knows this historical fiction," but real true. And I'm very. I've observed in some schools. This is a while back where. Um, instead of documentary uh, films being shown in history classes, they're actually using um, Hollywood films. And, and when I was um, critiquing the teacher, because that's what I was supposed to do, um, I said, you realize that's not true. <laughs> that's not how the Trojan War happened. And it didn't happen in a day, in 45 minutes, you know. And the teachers go, oh, but the kids like this kind of history so much more. And I thought that was very tragic. So I hope movies about England and everything isn't happening in your schools that are Hollywood style movies, because I think it's telling the kids with the wrong message and the wrong information. I think, I think the reality at the moment as well, uh, so close to the death of the queen um, that, you know, a lot of people in Britain, I think this is in quite bad taste right now as well, because I mean, I, I've never watched any of the series, to be perfectly honest. Well, you know, I lived through most of it. So um, yeah, so, so, so I know the real crown, you know, in, in reality. But I, I, I just feel at the moment, um, I don't know, it, it, it's, it, it is real. It's, it's not reality television, but it is, you know, um, and uh, from what I hear about things, some sometimes you know, um, that they didn't get things right at all. Um, and uh, I was listening to uh, Paul Burrell the other day, who was the uh, Diana's butler and also knew the Queen very well. Uh, and I think he lives in America now. Uh, and he was very upset with the latest uh, uh, episodes uh, of the series um, because he said they're... They were so inaccurate in all sorts of things. Um, but, you see, uh, you know, it, 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 it is just a, a drama doc, you know, in, in reality. Um, um, but the problem nowadays, we, we have so many of these uh, drama docs and reality TV shows that, um, that, um, that uh, infamy turns into reality, um, uh, you know, and people just believe it. Uh, and I think it, the, the reality at the moment is, um, uh, you know, uh, I, I think Charles is trying very hard to get a good press. He's trying very hard to press the flesh, uh, very much more than uh, he's ever done before. And so he's, he's really trying hard to actually, um, you know, start building a rapport uh, as well. Um, he's obviously changing things uh, to improve to his satisfaction. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things that will happen um, uh, very soon, I'm not sure how long it's going to be, but I suspect he's not going to move uh, from where from where he lives um, uh, in London. Um, and I think uh, Buckingham Palace could be turned into a museum. And there's a lot of talk that they're going to turn it into a royal museum and a function place where other people can actually use the facilities as well. So um, uh, we might be able to do a show from Buckingham Palace one day. Oh, how cool. <laughs> <That'd be. laughs> 
<laughs> sounds like fun. Uh, we do have a comment. I just want to acknowledge this is the gentleman I interviewed earlier today. Pastor Stephen is watching from Uganda. So thank you for being with us, Pastor. Um, I just thought it was just one thing that popped into my head. Because the crown has had so much money thrown at it and it's shot incredibly well, um, it's another it's another thing as well that it is so good that it, it, it makes it even more believable, if you know what I mean. Um, and it saddens me in a way. <laughs> we want them to put that disclaimer, we really do. Uh, yeah. I, th I think Ian had it absolutely right, though. I mean, the, uh, the the release of the series has just come too hot on the heels uh, of the, uh, the, the the demise of Her Majesty. Uh, you know, I, I really feel that they they should have held off on the release of it. But then, you know, money talks, and yeah. you know, sadly, this is what it's all about. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just one thing I wanted to mention, because I had never heard of it before. And by the way, I was watching while I was exercising and I found I was going faster and faster because I was getting more and more upset. But anyway, um, there apparently was a telephone conversation that was recorded and uh, somehow somebody got a hold of it and then released it. And I don't know if you're aware of it. I don't want to go into the details, but I just thought how... I don't know, did they even have to put that in there, this love conversation that took place that this reporter overheard and then released? And I don't know, I just, again, I think the timing is just not appropriate. There, there, was, there was a lot of um, intrigue at the time because there was a quite a famous conversation, which I won't repeat, as you say, between Charles and Camilla. Um, and uh, it was supposed to have been picked up by a, a radio ham, an amateur radio ham who somehow uh, picked up the, um, you know, as it was going and recorded it. And, I, you know, I, I, the, the um, you know, I, for me, obviously, I loved uh, Diana. Um, to the, these days, you know, I, I value... Um, Megan very much because I think she is, you know, the epitome of Diana, um, and I and I think you know um, I don't know it, it, it it's 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 salacious, isn't it? Um, but to a point where at the moment um, you know we're, we're going to want everything in the toolbox uh, to promote Britain, and whether that will uh, enhance it or not, I don't know. Whether that will encourage more people to come across. Uh, to Britain, um, I, I've no idea, but um, I, I think at times, you know, we, we get to a point where, um, where yes, I mean, there, there are times when the royal family do silly things, you know, and Helen and I spend more time, I think, uh, trying to sort of, um, you know, manoeuvre the messaging round so at least something is positive out of this whole thing, uh, you know, when they do the most daftest things as well. Um, but, you know, I, as I say, I think at the moment, um, you know, my advice at the moment is just lay off the royal family a bit. You know, um, they've got enough troubles as it is. Um, I hope, uh, you know, because the next big um, blockbuster uh, is going to be Harry's book that's coming out in January. Uh, and everybody's very concerned about that as well, about, you know, what, what, you know, what he's going to finally say in the book. 
Um, and, you know, I, I just I, I just feel at the moment that um, sometimes who would want to be a royal? Yeah. No, no, prospect, no prospects of promotion for Charles. I mean, that's it. <laughs> I mean, it's just you, you become king. That's you don't go any further than that. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a dead end job, I suppose, in that respect, isn't it? I, I, I just wonder whether he's going to. Um, you know, there, there's this famous story about the Queen um, months before the coronation. And the crown that she had to wear for the ceremony at Westminster Abbey um, is very, very heavy. It's encrusted with jewels. And, and I think there's something like about 120 diamonds and jewels actually encrusted, uh, including the Koh-i-Noor diamond, if I remember rightly, uh, in, 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 the, um, in the crown itself. Uh, and for months beforehand, uh, when she was bathing Charles and Anne, you know, in the bathroom of a night time, getting them to bed, she used to wear the crown as well to actually uh, get used to the weight of the crown. Um, and I just wonder whether Charles is doing something similar. But I just have this strange image that came into my head just now, whether he's in the bath <laughs> on the morning and he's got the crown on as well. You know, I, I, no, 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 that's probably taking it too far. <laughs> the image. Sorry, we apologize for any children who are watching. <laughs> no, I was visualizing him out in the garden. You know, I mean, he's a passionate gardener and he's out there pulling out weeds with the crown. I'm actually not nodding forward and trying, whoops, <laughs> trying to stop it from slipping over his face. <laughs> but it is exceptionally heavy. But there's been a lot of controversy about the uh, Koinur diamond. Um, because of the implications of, uh, of of slavery in the past, and uh, they are wondering should the Kohenur diamond actually be taken out of the crown for the coronation? Um, whether they put back put it back in again, I don't know, but uh, certainly there was there was quite a bit of a stir around that for a while. But yes, I mean, Ian, it, it does conjure up. Images, uh, you know, I'm just trying, trying to imagine the queen there uh, with the crown on doing the ironing, you know, <laughs> cooking, <laughs> cooking over the stove. You know? it, 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 it sort of doesn't even come into the realms of reality somehow. It could be a very good sketch in a, in a comedy show, I'm quite sure. Well, Helena knows a very good photographer who does these types of, and I can't remember, what was the name of the photographer again, Helena? And, and uh, she, she does all the lookalikes.
they both went to that's King Charles and Camilla went to York Minster, uh, which is a sort of wonderful, wonderful place. Um, quite similar in a way to, to Westminster, Westminster Abbey in a sense, but in York. And in fact, we'd, we'd been discussing a while back about memorials for um, the late Queen Elizabeth II. And in fact, the first statue has been um, erected there outside York Minster. And the stonemason that created it is a, is a chap called Richard Bossons. Um, I don't know if anyone had seen it, but it, it's, it's quite striking and huge. And um, it's of Queen Elizabeth in her order of, um, uh, what is it, the garter, cloak, that's it. But I always find when you see these like stone sculptures, they're quite austere. Um, and I thought, I thought that about, you know, uh, like Princess Diana's sculpture as well. It, it's sort of somehow sculptures miss the prettiness and the softness that some people have. Like, obviously, Lake Queen Elizabeth is very pretty, but I don't think that comes over. But it's great to think that, at last, that's the one that's come out. And there's obviously going to be different um, sculptures, I imagine, in different cities. So, um, yeah, that's a... A bit of good news. I, I think it's um, important at the same time, though, to um, uh, how someone got close to throwing something at Charles. Um, where was his security? You know, um, you know, because um, the next, you see, the the, the problem with, with doing all these things, you know, it's like a student prank. But what, what it then does is it tells um, Al-Qaeda and all the different terrorist organizations that he's not well protected. Now, I, I would have thought um, the, the royal protection around him um, should have been a lot quicker in um, protecting him because, um, you know, um, I, you see, the, the the, the problem with doing things like this is that it then sets a precedent, you know? And and um, the thing that I look at is I don't see it as a piece of fun. I don't see it as uh, condemning uh, slavery. And there's much better ways of talking about that if they wish to. What I see it as is, is as a ridiculously stupid act that actually shows people who may want to seriously hurt a member of the royal family, that they're not well protected in crowd situations. You know, and, and we have to remember that as well. You know, and, and Charles obviously you know, was, was slightly bemused and there was, um, there was a, a, an assassination attempt on Charles years ago uh, and uh, someone let off a gun uh, at him and uh, Charles froze. He was on a stage, he was on a platform and he froze, and, and the, the detective, you know, his detective literally pushes him uh, bodily off the stage um, to, you know, uh, to, you know, to sort of cover him as well. And so we, we have to be, um, you know, very mindful at times. It's like, you know, the same thing with, you know, any presidents or anything. People in power, they are people as well. They are human beings as well. And you may not agree with their policies or their history, but at the same time, um, to to do things like that, that that is that is not something that I take as a funny thing to do. 
I take it as, as something that can have serious implications. Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, the, looking at the footage uh, again, which is obviously in our newsreels, it's, uh, it's shown over and over and over again. Um, you know, the security did jump in, but uh, I think they looked quite shocked uh, and taken aback at the time. It caught them off guard, quite literally. Uh, so I, I, sh I can imagine that there'll be some discussions going on in the background about how they're going to tighten this up so it doesn't happen again or, or a worse scenario. On a lighter note, um, since Charles has become king, he's had to sh shed all his other uh, titles and dukedoms, etc. So uh, William is now the uh, Duke of Cornwall. And uh, so he has the, uh, the Duchy of Cornwall estates. Uh, Highgrove House, which still belongs to uh, King Charles, uh, falls under the uh, ownership of the Duchy of Cornwall. So effectively, effectively William is actually um, King Charles's landlord. I hope he comes up with the rent. <laughs> that is a lighter note. <laughs> I didn't know that. It's interesting. And, 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 and he probably won't be getting any of this free Cornish cream that no doubt he's been <laughs> lapping up, you know, over many, many years. Because the, the Duchy of Cornwall is probably one of the biggest producers of um, crown uh, um, products uh, that you can buy in places like Buckingham Palace. And Helen and I last year we were at Buckingham Palace um, and we, 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 we sampled some of the ice cream delights um that uh, come, come from the different sections uh of the thing as well and um i got some very nice chocolates i think you gave them to me i don't know actually uh i got some very nice chocolates from buckingham palace this year as well so uh, uh which were devoured quite quickly unfortunately but um uh yeah the the the, the quality of the food is absolutely superb um, yes. and it'll be very interesting to see if they do turn it into a, like a conference center uh, and, and a royal centre itself, you know, um, you know, um, you know, you know, we could we could say we've been dining in Buckingham Palace, you know, we give ourselves a bit of a. <laughs> yes, the um, of course the, the I mean the Duchy uh, oat cakes are absolutely out of this world, and they go so well with my smoked salmon. You know, ah, I knew it was coming up. I just knew it was smoked yeah. salmon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, we're on the subject of food again. So it must be time to close out, unfortunately. We've got another show coming up, but I do have a couple of announcements. Mr. Ooh. Ian Pelham-Turner will be joining us in just a few hours on The Business Talk Show with Mr. Al Sini. This is the show graphic for that. And we're going to be talking about what today, Ian? The economy. The economy. My goodness me. You know, um, or the lack of it <laughs> in our case. It's going to be an interesting show. So do join us at 2 p.m. Eastern time, which is 7 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. And also we have a special announcement of a new program coming up. It's called A Taste of Excellence. This is a program in partnership with the British School of Excellence and Philip Sykes. He is hosting a show called Train the Trainer, A Taste of Excellence. So for all of you out there who are interested in learning something fascinating about 
how to become an internationally accredited etiquette coach and create a business and life you love. I hope that you'll join us right here, wherever it is you're watching from today. You can watch on USA Global TV and radio. You can also watch on the British School of Excellence. And that will be from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time, November 22nd. So do join us for that. All right, let's go around. Last word, lightning round, Diane Floyd Bain. I actually did um, see the um, statue that Helena was talking about, and um, I, I was quite impressed. But like Helena, I was like, she has a softer face. So, but I'm very excited that I got to uh, to um, see the king um, receive the miniature statue. That was really cool. Thanks, Diane. Helena. Um I'm going to go back to World Kindness Day, and which was the other day, and because it made me think about acts of kindness and just really kindness of random strangers as well. And I just feel it's just so, so important to always, always be doing kind gestures. And so many people have been doing, doing exactly that. Um, and I don't know from... Kate Winslet donating loads of money to somebody who needed it to pay electricity. Um, to general little things you can do, I spoke earlier about um, British Airways. There's a wonderful lady called Jan who actually upgraded a flight and paid for a flight to, to, to travel the next day. And she was just somebody working at British Airways. And I thought, what a wonderful gesture to actually to, to do something that she's not really able to do, but to pay for it on top personally out of her own money, incredible. So thank you to Dan. But also um, we are actually in anti-bullying week um, here in the UK. And again, one of the things that we hear time and time again from, it tends to be uh, younger people that would take their life is be kind. And that's something that we never forget. I know that it's always good to share, just to share it. This is a reminder. Absolutely, we can't say it enough. Thank you. Simon. Well, the festive season is coming up. It is in um, every television advert, it's in every shop, it's in every magazine and so on to remind us that Christmas is just around the corner. So it is the time to be merry. But if you drive, don't drink. If you drink, invite me over. <laughs> Do they have to bring their own smoked salmon, though. That's what they want to know. <laughs> and still waiting for smoked salmon, Mr. Ian Palm Turner. Absolutely. I, 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 I don't say it anymore. You know, I, I mean, should some come down, you know, God's will provide, you know, then, then that'd be nice. But very quickly, uh, at the moment, um, I am getting festooned by parakeets at the flat. And, uh, I, I, you know, all, all the way through you've been talking this afternoon, I can hear this tap, tap, tap on the, on the ceiling. Uh, uh, and, I'm, you know, the, the roof of the flats is just above me. Uh, and, and a group of parakeets have made a nest for themselves in the roof of this block of flats. And this cheeky, cheeky parakeet has got this way at the moment of... Um, hanging upside down on the guttering uh, outside and then peering in at me, watching me doing whatever I'm doing. <laughs> I would love to see that. And, mm -hmm. and uh, do you know what? I, I, 
and, and even worse, even worse. So I go to sleep at night, and about three o'clock in the morning, I can hear this pat, pat, pat. You know, uh, the the bedroom is the other side of the building, uh, and it's these damn parakeets, two or three o'clock in the morning, tiptoeing across the windowsill to, to get up onto the roof. So I, I don't know what what why why they suddenly come. It's very colourful, but uh, you know I I, I don't know. Um, um, well, that's my story for the day. You know that um, um, you know parakeets have taken over my life. I think they're searching be careful for what fish. You're you have to be careful what you're doing uh, at the time when the parakeet's <laughs> leaning over the cutlery. It might have a camera. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you all for sharing and for bringing forth all the education information. We have a couple of comments that I didn't get to from our pastor friend. Uh, he types, thanks, Ian, for the great work. I wish to have your digital photograph at his Grace Orphanage Ministry. Okay. Any comment? <laughs> well, uh, well, I... Uh... Words fail me, Jacqueline, and that's, that's not very often, as you know. <laughs> well, that was very nice. Thank you, Pastor Stephen. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We are signing off for this week. Our next show is coming up. It's Talking Heads with Mr. Roland Friedel, followed by The Earth Show. And then, of course, Mr. Ian Palm Turner will be back to join us for the Business Talk Show. And then Wild at Heart, our show for men, by men, about men. Thank you again to each of you for being here, my dear friends. I really appreciate it. And to all of you watching and listening, thank you for your support and your loyalty. Be kind. We'll see you again soon. Bye. 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 Bye.